Hello friends and welcome back once again to Goonies World. I am Meanie, also known as Ryan, and joining me as always, Johnny Fero, also known as Sean. Hi there, I'm feeling great tonight. And Goonie, also known as Colin. Hey, I'm feeling better than you are. Oh, I'm feeling better than that. Because I just did cocaine. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're on our third episode of our Knave series. That's right. We're back to the world of Knave, the world of dearth with its bloated red sun. We won't bother with a recap. Our heroes, Squirg and Jubal, are leaving a tunnel, a tunnel that's uh, the Flying Road, which was an elevator road that goes through this broken and ancient land stabbed through this great ridge of a wall that went across the landscape and now they're in the lands beyond the wall. You've heard that this town outside the wall, Sour Hull, has been taken over by Hobgoths who came from the Kaijanin Wars in the east, unemployed mercenaries. And you've been warned against them by the refugees in the tunnel who you fed cornets that you had collected before you entered the tunnel. But now you're leaving the tunnel. We, we left the tunnel right at the end of our last episode into the town of Sour Hull. Now, it's uh, part of the long twilight of Dearth right now, so it's getting darker. And you've really only been traveling for one full day since you've left Tsar Narwhal's tower on your quest to drop this mysterious box you're carrying in your wind wagon into the Sea of Gas. And poor Jubal especially has been terribly curious about what's in the box but you don't think too much about about the box right now because you're thinking about the city that you're seeing and sour hole this town it's built up against the wall itself on either side of the flying road and there's really only a very narrow strip of the road that goes through the town because the the sour hullians have constructed buildings on the road itself you know kind of like they did on london bridge you know in, uh, Renaissance times, but that only leaves this very narrow strip for traffic, and the buildings you see on either side of it are made of black bricks with copper trim and frames, and are really, really narrow, and the streets between them are really narrow, and you see the Sour Hullians, like, literally walking sideways as they traverse these narrow streets, and indeed, even when they leave and come out onto the wider road, uh between all the shops and everything, a lot of them still shuffle sideways, like it's a custom born of necessity, but there's so little room here. Uh, everybody's wearing kilts, very rich kilts with like geometric patterns on them, and they're all wearing turbans, the men and the women, only the men are wearing veils, you know. And you don't see any hobgoths around that uh, you've heard about, but all the women, all the men seem silent, they're just going about their quiet business, but the women all begin hollering at you to come and come into their different shops and their their food stalls and sample their wares and everyone's staring in wide-eyed wonder at your uh, wind wagon as you slowly roll into the town and I will just uh, leave it there what do you guys do you you probably you haven't eaten anything except the the uh, the cornets, I guess, all day. And being basically a giant corn nut, it might not be appealing in some ways. You do smell this delicious smell of what must be mumu stew, which you haven't had in forever. And, uh, mm. 
Ooh, nice smell of foffy. It's a nice frothy drink that they make out of beans. Get yourself a nice little foffy and some mumu stew, maybe. Uh, one place that looks interesting is it's a, again, like most of them, a tall, narrow building with a spell plate on the door. It might be some kind of magical shop. Otherwise, you still see new hobgoblins. But the women don't leave you alone. One of them, but the one at the open air tavern where she's got the mumu stew and they're lighting up torches around the railings that surround the tables. The kitchen's open to the air. The whole thing's open. And uh, she's calling out, Come on in, you with the marvelous wind wagon. Come in here and get yourselves some nice, some nice nourishment. Come on in. You got to patronize the local economy, you know. Come on in. Come on over here to Sally Napkin's kitchen and put some meat on your bones. Although you look like, sir, that you've enjoyed many a moo stew in your day. She hollers out to Squirg. Not for a long time, I'm afraid. But it does sound quite delicious. Jabal, what do you say we stop here and get some moo stew? Yes, I... I... I do think we are due for some stew. No, oh, good, good. Uh, just, just leave your, leave your wagon there. You, you, we're outside. You can, you can sit right by it at the table here. Come on there. Oh, aren't you a fine specimen of a man, you? Now watch this, Jubal. Now on the wind wagon, we've got a box, and don't you be touching the box now. <laughs> very important that you don't touch the box. It's a Ooh. very, very powerful secret inside, and you can't be, you can't be touching the box. Because it would be very bad. So don't touch it. I yeah. understand you'd be curious what's I'm inside, but you can't be touching it now while we're eating our moo stew. I've got better things to do than go looking into strange boxes. And uh, a helper comes out and hands her a couple of steaming bowls of moo stew. The little moo are still squirming around in it a little bit, but, but they'll be gone soon and you can, you can eat up. But uh, what's in the box anyway? You say something terrible, something very bad, dark secret. Uh, very powerful, yes. It's, it's very powerful magic. It, I can't, uh, can't explain it properly to someone who doesn't understand the arcane arts, but it'd be, it'd be very bad if it, if, if anyone were to open it. Well, my friend Dolly, she actually works at the place of uh, the arcane arts, the spell swap next door. She points at that building you saw earlier with the spell plate on the front door. You can, you're closer now, you can see it's an open spell. It's on the front door, kind of cute idea. Yes, my friend Dolly might know all about your box. But, in the meantime, I just have to tell you how nice it is to actually speak to a man. You know, all the men around here are all silent, of course. Well, what's the, what, what has happened to them? Well, I shouldn't say out loud, but, uh, you know, the Hobgoths have taken the city, of course, and our men were so ashamed that they laid down their, their weapons and they were afraid to fight against the first furious onslaught of the Hobgoths that they made a vow of silence and a vow to uh, not even show their faces in public until the Hobgoths were finally eradicated. But they don't have the courage to do even that. So they've become second-class citizens and now we're in charge. Isn't that right? She yells at a, a veiled male waiter and she kicks him in the behind and sends him back off to the kitchens. Well, this is interesting. Yes, yes, but you don't need to worry about me opening your box. I've got better things to do than to meddle in the affairs of wizards. Well, <clears throat> and of course I was trying uh, trying oh, to say it loud enough that, you know, I might interest various people in the area. I'm, um, I'm sure the Hobgoths would like to have a look inside your box, though, if it's valuable. Oh, yes, it's very valuable. 
Uh, hey, pardon me, how many hobgoths do you say take in the city? Oh, I don't know. There's got to be dozens. But you know, they usually just post themselves around the edges and the entrances and exits, and we just pay them a tax, and they mostly leave us alone. But every now and then, like to come down in and beat the hell out of someone or give them a good buggering just to remind everyone who's in charge. Now, I heard a story about someone called the Anchorite. Oh, yes, the Anchorite is terribly mysterious, she says. Oh, isn't... So, so many things are terribly mysterious. It's a very it's a terribly mysterious world we live in, this world of dearth. I've only got so much time. Yes, I, I saw the Anchorite once when I was a young girl. Just a wee little slip of a thing. Long before the Hobgoths came, of course. Yes, I saw it once when he gave a pronouncement, but I was... I was only a baby. I was three or four. I don't really remember what he said. But he was a very handsome man. With a... a beautiful, beautiful beard. And sparkling blue eyes. Then he went off into the Busted Lands. And that was, oh, now he's 103 years ago. And he's been there a hundred years on top of a pillar in the, uh... In the Busted Lands, they say, contemplating the sound of a cheer. That's very mysterious, you must admit. Yes, uh, in fact, I think that, uh, that is our destination. Not our ultimate destination, but I think it would be wise of us to journey into these Busted Lands and speak to this Anchorite, because, uh, there are many things that he could help us with. Not is it on the way to the Sea of Gas, though? Oh, the Sea of oh. Gas is very far away in the south. I'd call it more of a slight detour, is what I'd call it. Although I'm not completely up on on the lands around here. I've seen a few maps. Yes, a slight detour. I mean, I do have this uh, cat head, and we do have this homunculi inside of us. Mm. If he can't get this, these homunculi out of us, uh, perhaps, uh, we tried, uh, vomiting them out, that could work. Well, if you need to, I can let you, uh, eat from the grease trap in the kitchens. That might help you vomit. Would you like to give it a go in the vomitorium? Well, uh, perhaps, maybe we should... You know, I think it's better to try it first before we eat. I don't want to lose all that stew, so... You know, maybe I'll just give it a try. Well, uh, go, go ahead, then. Get your finger out in there. Good luck, but I don't think this is going to work. Oh, um, is there some sort of, uh... I'm afraid I don't have any sort of magnifying glass. I heard these homunculi are quite small. It might be hard to see might be hard to know if they even came out at all. Well, I don't have What's... a magnifying glass. What, are, what do I look like, a wizard? Well, no, but maybe next door? That they, uh, uh spell swap? They have... Well, I'll keep this stew warm for you if you'd like to go check it out. And also, don't forget, if you need uh, help with the vomiting, uh, my other friend down at the end of the lane sells lovely Nostrich Feathers hats. You can buy yourself a hat with a lovely Nostrich feather on it. That might help you stick that down your throat, and we'll uh, get the juices flowing. Hey, but I'm not going to leave this stew warming forever. 
But I'll keep an eye on your precious box, don't you worry. Yes, um, what this waiting there just, just open. I mean, not open, open, but it, it's ready Out to be it. open. Yes. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so let's just take a look, just a quick look at this door. See what's, uh, maybe they have a, a spell that could, uh, serve us. All right, well, you guys, uh, and it's, it's literally, like, right next door. Um, and again, this is an open-air restaurant, so you don't even have to go that far at all. Just walk around the railing. And indeed, there's an open spell plate on the front of the door when you swing open the door. Inside, there's a man in a veil sitting behind a counter. Uh, but there's a girl standing out front, a really young girl, and uh, not, not really even an adult yet. And the man makes a gesture of welcome. And, of course, there's all kinds of spells all over the walls in here. Uh, again, spells come on these big heavy metal plates. They're inscribed on them. And so it almost looks like an old blockbuster video. You know what I mean? All the spell plates are, like, lined up on the shelves all around. Um, and uh, the little girl says, Hello, I'm Dolly. Welcome to the spell swap. Are you buying today or are you selling today? Well, uh... Possibly uh, both. Maybe uh, you're open to trade? Wait, I do have some spells. Let me explain how the spell swap works, says Dolly. You swap a spell, you give a spell, you take a spell, but you keep what you take. And there's no whining about it. But if you want to buy a new spell, then you can buy it for a hundred pennies. And if you don't have a hundred pennies... Or if you don't have any money, we'll buy spells for 25 pennies or 50 pennies for offensive ones. Hmm, yes. Hmm. I see. Well, let's uh, just uh, take a look and see what you have. Well, they have all kinds of spells in here, but the way the spell saw works is you roll a dice. No. So do we get to know in advance, or do we swap? Oh, no, and no, then no, no, no. You're just stuck with whatever it is. But if you don't want the spell you traded in the first place, you're not really out anything. Yeah. What do That's you think? That's how the spell uh, swap works. I have this um, sort items um, <laughs> spell. I mean, I guess if I uh, thought of some creative way... To use that, it could come in handy, but I don't know that that's uh, gonna happen. So I think that's probably my most useless one. I see you're getting out a spell there. So you got one for trade, then? Yes. Uh, let me see uh, what I can get for this spell. Step over to the spell swap barrel. And there's a barrel. First, you've got to put on the magic glove to reach into the barrel, or else your hand will be taken off by the magical energies inside of it. And the man oh, behind wow. the counter, like, rings this little chime on the table just to add to the mysterious atmosphere. This is fun. Yes, here's the magic glove. Put it on. And there's a swirling energy inside it. Like, it's literally some, you know, uh, there's no way that there's a hundred spells in this small barrel. It's obviously... An enchanted container of some kind. So I assume you mm -hmm. put them in your store. All right. Mm -hmm. So drop, 
the way this works is you put your spell in and let go of it, and then you grab the next spell and you pull your arm out, and that's your new spell. And what happens if I get the same spell? Then, then can I get another chance? That is just that you could trade it again, but no endless trading. No keeping on putting it, putting it in and putting it in and putting it in. Only if you got the same spell, I suppose. But any different spell at all, that's it. You don't want to tempt the magical forces that control the barrel. Yes, and let me ask, are, what is the quality of spells in this barrel? Are these uh, first class are spells? Are these uh... Every single one is first class here at the spell swap. All right. Uh, you want to do All it? All right. Okay, yes. well, uh, go ahead and roll percentiles then as you grab the next spell. 59. Well, you find a spell called Phantom Coach, which is not entirely useful to you at the moment, but if anything <laughs> happened to your wagon, it probably would be. If you were to speak the words of this spell, then a ghostly coach will appear. It'll move unnaturally fast over any terrain, including water. So that's actually wow. that, if the, if that's faster than the wind wagon, that might not be a too bad of an idea. Actually, the implication is that it is. Yes. Well, that's I don't a know lovely how one. Last. Even more. What about say... you, Flabby Man? Do you got a spell to trade? Hmm. Well, I might, I might try trading the true sight I got. Everyone, everyone could use one of those. We can always use one. Drop it in a barrel. Put the glove on first. Thank you, sir. All right, roll percentiles. All right. Um, can you roll for me, Goonie? Because I, I only have a d20 at the moment. Yeah. Thirty-nine. You find a spell called Hypnotize, where when you speak the words of this spell, whoever you speak it to will enter a trance and will truthfully answer up to your level of questions that you ask it. So if you're fourth level, you can ask it four questions. It'll have to tell you the truth. Creature being a person or a monster or whoever. Uh, I think that might be useful sometime. Mm, yes. Well... I guess these, uh, these will have to do. Yes, they will. Is there anything else we can do for you here at the spell swap? No, do you you have anything other than spells for sale? I do not, I do not. If you wish to buy a spell, however, we've just got a new section in the peas. (laughs) You have a hundred... Do you have a hundred pennies and we can sell you some nice spells like Primeval Surge or Psychometry? Push and Pull are always popular. As are phobias. Since you've already started with the Phantom Coach, you could get a pea spell collection going. Come on, then, my daddy's hungry. I don't think so. I, I, we, uh, best be, uh, on our way after a meal. We've oh, got big a, spenders. Hmm. Well, we've got a mission to attend to. Hmm. So, uh, 
Well, let's be on our way then. <laughs> yeah, I was rolling some dice earlier, and I kind of wished I hadn't. But uh, when you come out, there's general commotion and ruckus going on uh, around the vicinity of your wind wagon. And uh, down at the end of the street as well, there are some people shouting and pointing. And uh, Sally Napkin comes running up to you and goes, Well, I'm afraid that someone got a little curious and they opened your box. They did? I mean, they did. Yes. That was a big no-no. Well, you should be ashamed of yourself keeping a beautiful woman in a box. Oh, well, it wasn't us. She didn't look that terrible to me, but she's terribly frightened. Lovely thing with pink skin, very strange looking. Went running off down the street there and down the alley. And just about now, both of you guys feel terrible, terrible gnawing pain in your inside, right behind the solar plexus. Oh, there's this terrible little gnaw, like there's a tiny little creature writhing and clawing and biting inside there. Both it wasn't you lose our fault. A, both of you lose a point of constitution. Oh. That's not going to affect anything right now. But that keeps going on, like, once a day. Because it appears that the deal has been broken in your contract. Unless you can fix things. Who knows what will happen. It appears the vengeance of Tsar Narwhal travels far, even into the lands beyond the wall. Well, beautiful woman, and I can't believe you were slavers all this time. I'm we're not, not going I'm not gonna give you any of my moo stew. No, please, it wasn't our fault. We didn't even know what was in the box. There was a spell cast on it, and we were not to open it, but we were so curious, at least I was, and... And it, it wasn't even... We didn't even open it. And we told you not to. Yeah, we, we specifically warned you not to. I'm not the one who opened it. It was just some boy on the street what opened it. You should have spoke it loud enough so that others could hear. But I'm just very ashamed of whoever put this lovely lady in her box, this lovely creature, running around in there all together. I hope she doesn't run into the hobgoths. Well, she's right oh, down there direction? at the end of the street, down by the Nordstrich hat shop. You better go and get her. If she's yeah, your well, responsibility. Let's go. We've, we've got to catch her. Well, the streets are very crowded, and everyone's uh crowding up around down there by the Nordstrich hat shop. You can tell it's got like a Nordstrich feather hanging on the outside of it. But uh, there's a big crowd around the alley. Uh, guys, make either your choice of a strength roll or a... Uh, or a dexterity roll. You need a 15 rolling and adding your bonus to uh, push your way through or climb around them in a, in a timely fashion. If you pushed around forever, you'd eventually get through. But to, like, charge Ooh, your no. way through. Sounds like we both failed. Uh-oh. Well, um, there's all kinds of uh, people in your way, and you push and shove and squirm, and eventually you get through, but... By the time you get through, you see the uh, there's this alley, and there is a woman in the alley. She's beautiful. She's a you might call her a nymph. She's got pink skin and rainbow-colored hair and diamond eyes. And there are two other types menacing her. These must be hobgoths. They're covered in fur, not furs that they 
it's not their fur, but they wear furs, right? They're just loaded down in heavy furs all over. And it's not that cold out. And their skins are just absolutely paper white. And they have overhanging brows and black hair. And they're both grabbing her by the arm. And you know, she's kicking her legs. And uh, uh, they're laughing. And she's crying. And it's really terrible sound. It's not crying like a woman. It sounds like almost like a, a lamb or a baby or something. It's really disturbing. It breaks your heart and your little diamond tears coming out of her diamond eyes. What do you guys do? Well, we can't allow this uh, these hobgoths to, to hurt this beautiful creature. I will uh, shoot uh, my longbow immediately at one of these hobgoths. Okay, well, the hobgoths obviously are more, dis- are, you know, paying more attention to the beautiful nymph than you. So they don't notice your presence yet. They just think of you as part of a crowd in their peripheral vision. And you may let fly with the longbow of one of the hobgoths. And uh, meanwhile, what are you doing, Squirg? I'm doing the same thing. All right, so twin longbow attacks. Hey, maybe you guys get lucky and you'll each take it. Both shooting different ones? Yep. Yeah, but I missed mine. Oh no! How about squared? Um, target's fifteen. No, target's not fifteen. So maybe you didn't miss. This is if it's a fifteen, if it's just like a regular test. But you're actually going against their armor defense, which is twelve. So you might. I will definitely hit. All right, you're gonna hit. Did you? Would you have hit a twelve, dude? No. Okay. Uh, Would have been an eleven. All right. Well, the arrow thunks into. One of the terrible hobgoths from Squirt's bow. And how much damage does that do? Remind me how much to roll. It's a d6. That's worth Sometimes it's a 2d6. It's just the perfect weapon, but they're big heavy furs they're wearing. Three. Alright. That hobgoth cries out in surprise. And one of them keeps holding on to the girl, but he pulls like a hand axe, like a hatchet almost, out of his waistband, and screams, and comes running up towards you guys. And, uh, however, I was giving you basically a surprise round, so now it is the top of the, uh, the round, and you guys can roll a d6, and if it's one, two, three, he goes first. If it's four, five, six, you guys go first. Three... Okay, well, he'll go first, and he comes charging in, and uh, he goes for the big guy first. So he's just swinging his hatchet at Squirg, and he rolls a 15. What's, I think he only needs a 13 to hit you. Is that right, Squirg? Armored defense. I have a copy that, of your... Was it my dex? I forget. No, it's, uh, it's your armor defense, which is 12, because you're wearing Gambison. Dex does not factor into your defense. So he will hit, and he'll roll his d6 of damage, but he rolls only a 2, which is good for you, and now you guys may act. Juba, what do you do? I'll shoot again. Yeah, well, you're going to want to step away first, because he's now basically in melee with your friends, so you back off a little bit, and then let Nero fly a short range, hopefully not hitting Squirg. And I do hit. Alright, nice. Let's hear some damage with a big fat D6. Uh, two. 
Okay. Now this will be the same guy, of course. He's taking five hit points. The other guy's not doing anything other than grabbing the girl and holding on to her while she kicks and writhes. And uh, what about you, Squirg? You've just been hit by this guy. I assume you'll hit him back. Yeah, he's gonna swing his uh, sword. Sword? Or dagger, I guess he's taking it. Yeah, he does have a dagger. Picture it like a good, almost short sword. That's a big ass dagger. And that will hit. Alright. Nice. Four or two. Hey, guess what though? That's seven, and that's better than nothing. And he strikes back at you, but he only rolls a three and he misses. Well, then I'm going to swing back at him and roll well. away. Natural one, so. Okay. Well, not great. Not great, but you're not the only guy there, so. Jubal, what can you do? You, you're still at range, I assume. Uh-huh. And here comes an hey. attack. I hear some dice. I rolled a 12. <clears throat> hey. 12 hits. That's exactly what you need. And five damage. Okay. Cries out. He only had eight hit points. He cries out, falls to the ground with the arrow sticking out of his temple. And the one at the other end of the street starts trying to drag the girl backwards out uh, out of the alley, you know, into the next narrow street. And uh, that's he's trying to move. That's what he's doing. I'll let you guys decide if you're going to let him get away with that. And, of course, the girl's still kind of crying and kicking her feet. Again, with that weird, inhuman cry. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to switch back to the bow and loose an arrow at him, which will miss. Oh, okay. How about you, Jubal? Yeah, it's a little bit risky, but... A little bit risky, yeah. Oh, natural 20. Bam! That's what I'm talking about. Are there any benefits for that? Well, I don't really think there are, but in any game I run, that's double damage. All right. There, there might be that I'm forgetting. It's, there's only seven pages of rules. But, uh, yeah, I'm calling that a nice big double damage on a natural 20. All right, so I roll a five, so ten. All right, well, damage. that guy, the arrow just goes right into his forehead. He looks surprised for a second. And then he falls down and just collapses in a heap. All the crowd around you just cheers. There's a there's a huge explosion of energy uh, in the crowd. These hobgoths have been menacing them for a while. This is the first time they've seen anyone stand up to them, and so they're all running up, patting you on the back and everything. But the the nymph it looks terrified, and she begins running over to a, a pile of refuse in the, in the corner of the alley and start trying to hide in it. Stop that! Yeah, I I, I want to run over to her, okay. But not you know menacingly, okay. uh, and try to persuade her to uh, that we're friends and that uh, to come out to? of the. What do you say to? I don't even know. I think I understand it, but she a ma'am. Great big googly diamond eyes. She's very beautiful. Rainbow hair cascading down her back. Ma'am, well, we we apologize for for that whole uh, box thing. We had no idea that 
that a, a person such as you were was trapped inside. We mean you no harm. We we just want to talk is all. That's going to be difficult. Hmm. You start you start to think you might be able to go buy like a comprehension spell and maybe uh, solve this problem unless you have some other ideas. Well, we got one penny, so I don't think so. Well, you've got you got a ton of money actually, though. You've got the you'll have, you'll the probably end up having pennies. to overpay because no one will be able to make change. But you do have the the blue Capera's pennies that you've already been paid. Uh, but each one is worth like literally like ten thousand pennies. We'd be lucky to get we change could, for it. We could buy that whole store. Just start over. Let's become uh, shop owners of uh, Spell Swap. That well, won't get rid of the homunculi, I don't think. Yeah, well, I'm going to start vomiting right now. I'm tired of this homunculi. <laughs> uh, make that cat noise like when they start... Uh, when you know they're gonna fall vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you started with this episode, you may not know Jubal as the the, the head of a cat. Yeah, it's, it's a curse. But the girl looks disgusted. She looks. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I'll do that later. She looks questioningly over it, squirt, and frustratingly says, "You." And she waves her hand. She's gesturing. Every time she gestures, it's like tracers of sparkles come off of her hands and arms. She's obviously a highly magical creature. I point to myself, you know, and, er, repeatedly and say, Me name Jubal. I'm sorry, that's not my name. That's your name. <laughs> my name's Squirg. He already fucked that up. Squirg. Squirg. And then I point at her. Well, that's something, anyway. So, Maymay. I'm gonna, like, motion her to come with me over to the spell swap. With a distasteful look back at the vomiting cat. And you know what? I don't see why anyone should have to make a roll to make themselves vomit. I've done it in real life, so I'm sure it's possible. And uh, if you'd like to vomit, you go right ahead. And, then, and I'm just going to be cool. There's a 1% chance that you'll vomit up the humunculus. <laughs> uh, what do I need to roll for that? Uh, percentiles. And okay. we're playing on screens, by the way, so I'm going to totally make him tilt his camera and show me if it's an over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there, you, yeah, yeah. Any, you should always have a chance to expel this through vomiting. But if you overdo it, you'll end up with, you know, bulimia. So. <laughs> well, I do need to lose some more. I don't want to become like that flabby bastard. You don't want to be a fat cat. <laughs> no, 18. Oh, well, you just, you may, you throw up plenty, but you don't see any homunculi in it. And from the pain in your, you think that thing must be at least the size of like a, a thumb <laughs> or something. You know, it's got to be bigger than a, it can't be microscopic. Meanwhile, you see Squirg leading 
Meme of, and of course, people are all like staring in wide-eyed wonderment at all of you now, and uh, not quite bowing before you, but moving out of your guys' way. And uh, you realize it's probably not that long before some consequences are to be paid here, but you probably have a few quiet moments. Yeah. So you're taking her to... where, uh, Squirg? Skurgoo? Over to, over to the spell swamp. She, she looks too scared to walk through the door. She's looking at the spell like she's scared of magic. Nervous. Okay. You, you can stay here, Maymay, but I need to go in. I'm going to take a, a blue coin with me. Okay. She, I assume you've caught up to them by now, Julie. Mm-hmm. She looks at you and goes, Kurgu! I'll, I'll be back in one second. Okay. Don't you oh, yeah. I'll, I'll keep an eye on her. Okay. Skithy runs off again. And I point to myself and say, Jubola. Jubolu. Are you close enough? Burglar extraordinaire. Burgu. That's part of my... What? Burgu. Tornare. No. <laughs> well, well, you struggle with conversation. Um... Oh, so you're back already, says Dolly of the spell swap. Couldn't stay away. I, how many spells can we get for one of these right here? Her jaw drops just for a second because she's a savvy kid. She turns around and shows it to the veiled guy behind the counter who you're pretty sure is her dad. And uh, he holds up ten fingers. And you could, you you probably could buy every spell in here if they were willing to do it. But what he's willing to do is ten. Have you got anything that would help me understand someone who speaks a foreign language? Spell number seventeen. Comprehend. How long? How long do it last? Well, in this case, I believe it will last forever, or at least for a day. And you could just say the spell again on the next day. I don't know how they all work exactly. Well, I'll be taking that then. Take it. You sure you don't want? Well, you sure you don't want the uh, the primeval surge I mentioned? Because it'll take anything and turn it into the size of an elephant. And if it's an animal, it will be enraged. We've been trying to get rid of that one forever. No, I don't think so. But have you got a remove curse? Remove curse? What do, you, what do I look like? The anchorite? I got a nasty fog. I can sell you as a nasty fog. It stinks terribly. I can sell you an earthquake. Cause the ground to shake violently. Nearby structures might be damaged. Great fun at parties. I tend... Me tend... <clears throat> me tend to make a nasty fog of my own in the mornings. I don't need a spell to help out with that. <laughs> That's disgusting. I can give you a demonstration if you'd like. No, thank you. Well, it doesn't... I mean, I hate to only buy one when, we, you, when, when, when you can sell me ten, but... We'll, we'll start your line of credit. That sounds fine, then. All right then. But 
uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll come back for the other nine someday, perhaps. Oh, yes, please do, please do. You're always welcome here, says little Dolly. And, uh, is Comprehend, like, mutual, I, I assume? Yeah, if you use a spell, you guys will be able to understand each other. Well, when you, when you step outside, um, Jubal is still talking to her, even though she doesn't understand. And he's saying, like, and so I had the idea to break, to put springs on the end of my heels that I was then known as Spring Hill Jubal. And uh, I even flew around on a broom, and I was a great hero. And, uh, you know, obviously she's very confused. She's very confused, <laughs> but uh, I happen to know that all those stories are actually true, because this has not been Jubal's first go-round as a character. But uh, anyway, she's a... Jubalu, Bingu, Squirgu, Tumarangapatabatibishimitiwapa. I think she comes from the same tribe as the Gerb's Ice Age people. <laughs> and then I cast the spell. <gasps> and, and I said, I won't do that. That's unnatural. And, and he put me in box. So why did he put you in the box? I just told you everything. I may make and and I so no one make me in that and and he wanna use me in unnatural acts. And I say no 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 and so he put me in box and sell me. He sell me to the 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 king of the undergas kingdom, King Gasback. Oh, I see. The so weeds were Yes, we were tasked with bringing you to the Sea of Gas, you, but we had no idea that you were inside. You're not bad, you're nice. Yes, of course. We are heroes uh, of a sort. And, uh... Well, now, now what may may do? Well, get back on the box. No. Uh, <laughs> where I live? Well, we are on our way to a great place to live called Ceres Arks. It's a big city with, uh, and I think uh, you'll you'll find it's a great place to live. But before we get to Sarasarks, we got to we're gonna have to go to the the pillar and meet up with the what's his name? No, I no pillar, no pillar, no pillar. Because our narwhal lived on top of a he had a mansion on top of a giant pillar. If you remember. No, 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 man, man, not not Tsar Narwhal. This, this anchorite fellow. Yes, the anchorite, because. Unfortunately, Tsar Narwhal, he put a... He put a monster inside of us that will kill us if we do not take you and drop you in the sea of gas. No. But we are not going to do that, obviously. So we must get this curse removed by the anchorite. Okay. Yes, and, uh... This, you know, I don't normally look like this. This is also a spell that was cast on me by the very same person that is put you in that box. Uh, I'm normally quite handsome to look at. What handsome? Well, uh, the opposite of this and and uh, the opposite of squ uh, Flabby Squirg. Well, it's, there's uh, suddenly a uh, commotion 
over in the vicinity of your wagon, and there are people moving out of the way, and you can hear uh, the clip-clop feet of uh, hippoderms, which are kind of like horses, and riding up come six hobgoths on the backs of hippoderms. They've got a flag. One of them's got like a flag on his back, you know, how it kind of samurai would, like a banner attached to his back. And uh, <laughs> their their flag is literally, it's like a head with a hammer smashing it. It's almost kind of a parody of the hammer and sickle, but it's like a guy's head getting smashed with a hammer. That's basically the entire Hobgoth political system. And they're riding up. They haven't noticed you yet. They're stopping around the vicinity of your wagon. Now, you're not that far away. They're going to notice you any second. You either hide or confront them, or what would you like to do? All the people are trying to be cool. They knew where you were. They're not pointing at you. They're all looking down at their feet, shuffling around the way, you know, Belgians would when Germans would come into their towns. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to suggest that, uh, so, do you guys want to hide from the hobgoths in one of these narrow alleys, or do you want to, uh... Yes, I'm an alley right? cat. You, you, you take Mimi into the alley. I'm going to try to duck into the spell swap and see if I can get something that might help, like invisibility or something. Okay. All right, well, there's going to be a... This is going to be a... It's going to be tricky, because the, the hobgoths are looking around now. Both of you. Make dexterity rolls. Got to get a 15. Ooh, it's going to be a 9. Oh, I rolled a 1. <laughs> oh, God, that's even more. Hey, you are! Say the, uh, and uh, they, start, they start running for you. They've already gotten off their hippoderms, but there's only two that come running after you. Uh, the others, though, are hopping back up on their hippoderms like... They're going to. I assume you'll run. Um, you know what? I'm going to cast Phantom Coach. Okay, great idea. And zoom, spring up before you is this Phantom Coach. It's a hellish looking thing. It's incredibly ancient, for one thing. It just must be so, so ancient. And it's smoky and ghostly. It's a strange carriage with big fins in the back. It actually looks like like a 57 Chevy or something. It's really what it looks like. And there's a skeleton driver. Well, he's ghostly, too. And uh, he's wearing a strange hat. And he looks out the window and goes, Where to, Mac? Uh, take us to the Anchorite. I'm assuming right. that uh, the others are... Nearby, or oh, they're gonna be to here it. any second, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Squirg and oh, yeah, 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 you guys hadn't broken okay. apart yet, but yeah, the 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 the, the hoggos will be here like any second, and uh, I assume you takes you can figure out how to open the doors and, and jump into the thing. It's kind of semi translucent, so it's weird to be like sitting on you know ectoplasm, but uh, the guy just once you're all in, he tears off out of there. There's a great big loud growl like a lion or a beast or something as this phantom coach streaks off ahead. And uh, the skeleton's laughing manically as he like takes out a few food stalls. He doesn't hit any people, but he's such a narrow street that uh, you you guys just go tearing off. Careful! And uh, of course, uh, 
behind you, you just see the hobgoths in consternation and shaking their fists, and the, the ones who got onto their hippoderms, they're still chasing you, but you're outpacing even them. Uh, up ahead, though, you it's quite clear you're almost to the edge of the town already. The town is, like, spread up against the cliffs, so it doesn't take that long to get to the big main gate. But at the main gate, the hobgoths have got, like, a little station set up there, and there's eight of them standing there. Now, that's no problem for you right now, really. But blocking the road is a huge, gigantic turtle shell. You can tell there's still a turtle in it. It just hasn't poked its head out. It's blocking the entire street. And, and they, have, they have painted all kinds of, like, foul slogans and graffiti about how badass and violent they are and how they're going to kill everybody all over the sides of this nasty turtle shell. It's got all kinds of nicks in it and indentations like this giant turtle has been in all kinds of battles already. And uh, the skeleton looks over at you questioningly. What do you want me to do, Matt? Can you can you jump it? Can you can you ride over the shell? You gotta use your energy, Mac. Which means you guys have to make the roll. You gotta want it bad, Mac, says the skeleton. So <clears throat> you guys need to make wisdom rolls. And wish this thing up into the air. Wish it to jump. You gotta want it. So both of you go ahead and make it. Hopefully one of you will make it. You need a fifteen, of course. I feel spectacularly well not spectacularly so nine. I got a fifteen, is that hey, that's exactly what you needed and you're lucky too, because no one wants to smash into a gigantic tank turtle, a uh, hobgoth tank turtle, when you're in a phantom coach like this. But once again, look at them old boys, they just got out of here again, <laughs> says Waylon Jennings, as uh, you guys leap over the giant turtle and back out onto the flying road which tears off to the south you turn around and uh, <laughs> the hoggoths are like desperately trying to rouse the turtle to get it to move so that their hippoderms can all get out but they're like kicking it and beating it with hammers and you can see it's finally starting to get its lazy ass up and move but you guys are like way out on the uh, the broken road by then and uh it's, of course, not so broken that you can't drive on it. But again, it's an elevated road, and it's up on pylons. They're not, like, really, really high. They're just about man-high right now. But the land here uh, on the other side of the wall, the wall, the land beyond the wall, uh, it's very different than up ahead, and it's very marshy and swampy. Luckily, you're you know, up above it. Of course, the Phantom Coach could drive over any terrain. Could just go driving off in a beeline, but after some fast driving, he goes, "It'll be a while." Mac uh, says, "The uh, you want some music?" He says, "Oh, I, I suppose." All right. So he puts in this bizarre sounding music from another time and place. Uh, on on he touch, touches this box <laughs> that uh, music? at the front, and his music fills the place. <laughs> says. Uh, Says May May. She begins to just subconsciously or unconsciously kind of bob her head back and forth like a Peanuts character. You know, the side head bob. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the what's the music sound like? Uh, it sounds it sounds uh I I just you would just you would hear it as completely otherworldly, but but really it's like a kind of a big band jazz music. Oh, okay. 
I was imagining uh, uh, Dracula by Rob Zombie for some reason. Uh, <laughs> no, we couldn't get the rights to that. <laughs> yeah, fair who, who can afford it? So you guys go tearing <laughs> off down the uh, elevated highway, the flying road, with your beautiful pink rainbow-haired diamond-eyed girl in the car listening to some tunes. Nothing like getting out on the road, says the phantom coach driver with his skeletal face. He's got to have like a little cabbie hat, too, you know. And, uh, Mei Mei says, Anchorai, fix you, take out whom, 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 little monster? Yes, uh, we hope so. I ask again, what handsome? You say you handsome, what handsome? Well, I, I suppose, uh, it's, well, it, it's simply, it's someone who is, uh, very, uh, easy on the eyes, you could say. Someone who is, uh, uh is nice to look at. Maybe handsome? Yes, uh, although handsome, um, is more for, used uh, for the male species, I think, um, but... Yes, you, you are very, definitely, uh, uh, very nice to look at. Yeah, don't worry, you got the good toots. That's the skeletal <laughs> drive. As, as he said, uh, something like that. Well, why, why is our narwhal, well, make me do gross things? King Gasbag make me do gross things. You never take me, King Gasbag, promise? I think we can both promise that. You never make me... You never make me do gross thing, promise? No. No, of course not. Uh, I would never. I don't... Me don't mean to be rude. But Mm -hmm. what sort of gross things was Tsar Narwhal trying to make you do? And you don't have to be... don't, Don't be graphic. I'm just curious if you have words for it. She starts off with the most graphic, toe-curling description that you can possibly imagine. Listener, whatever horrifying thing you're imagining, that's exactly what she describes in far more graphic detail than you requested due to her innocence. And, and she was like on and on and on. And uh, the, the, the cab driver guy, he, the skeleton, he's like, Jesus Christ, he says at one point. You don't know who he's referring to, but he sounds surprised. <laughs> and... Uh, so it is with uh, some shock at the end of her 15-minute dialogue, and you're you you're probably okay. Now, horrified. now I'm going to vomit <laughs> for real this time. I'm gonna really vomit those homunculi out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could definitely think of all this stuff, but I would just never bring myself to be able to say it out loud. Okay, so, uh, okay, ma'am, that's, uh, I think we get the idea. Oh. Yeah, uh, the timing's just perfect, because this is our exit, says your driver. And up ahead, uh, you've heard this before, I believe, from the refugees, but the flying road forks here. And uh, one goes off to the right, to the east, in a great big loop, like a huge loop. And it's broken at one point. It actually just breaks off. Uh, but the driver takes it and uh, 
he just flies right off the edge of it pretty much but it was like I say it was only man high and now he's bumping across I say bumping but you're kind of it's it's a it's a good flow you know because you're not actually touching the ground per se but you go uh, waving it almost feels like more like a boat right but you go tearing off across this broken country and towards the east you see what must be the busted lands because it's just this land of glowing lakes and really uneven buttes and mesas and canyons. Um, it's a good thing that you're not still in the wagon. It's a good thing that you, seriously, uh, that you randomly rolled Phantom Coach. Because uh, you might even have to get out and walk at this point if you were still in the wagon. But uh, not end from the bro- not far from the end of the broken road, though, you can see this great big tall skinny butte it's not like a, a proper pillar per se but it's 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 huge i mean it's the size of a gigantic building you can't even see the top of it i mean you can see the top of it but you can't see what's on the top of it because of your perspective but there must be a fire up there because there's a thin trail of smoke rushing up and of course i should point out it was evening it was a, the long twilight was starting when you of course the sun's so huge it takes forever to actually finally set and not that much later it starts rising again but uh, by now it's actually getting fairly dark and the phantom coach rolls up in front of this big skinny butte it's not a, it's not a big fat butte it's a skinny butte and uh the phantom coach stops. You may keep it running, Mac. Yeah, oh, probably yes. not a bad idea, just in case things go uh, south. Yes, and uh, I say we might have to return uh, to this city because I'm I'm assuming we left our stuff there in the uh, other wagon. Well, I don't know. It depends on... Most of your stuff that's in your encumbrance, I mean, you're carrying. The only stuff you guys collected, I think, that you left there were the sunflower headlights, and uh, you'd given away most of the cornets to the refugees. I don't think you've left anything important back there. Probably nothing important. Of course, now you look up at uh, this huge butte, and you realize you've got a long, long climb. You can do it without rolling... But it would be like taking 20 if we were doing the, you know, the D20 system. It, you know, it's going to take a long time to climb it. I mean, maybe even an hour or more if you want to do it without rolling. If you'd like to try to spring right up there and risk terrible injury, go ahead and make a strength or dexterity roll. Wear them shoes with springs on them. When I was just thinking about that. Yes. Darn it. Wear spring shoes, Jubal. Wear spring shoes. Oh, those, those are long ago retired, uh. I've yet to make any new ones. Oh, you mean ones like these? And she waves her hand. You remember when she moves her hands, the sparkly tracers follow her. And there's this beautiful pair. Suddenly, just in her hands, this beautiful pair of spring-heeled boots. Just what lovely. The? She does it again, and there's a slightly larger pair of spring-heeled boots. Ha-ha! <laughs> may, may, make. That is may, amazing. May, think. may, may, make. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> well, yes, that makes two of us. Uh, that is uh, quite remarkable. No, so. three of us! As she waves her hands again, 
And there's some very cute, very cute shoes. And she, she goes, mm, shakes her head, makes some more. And goes, mm, shakes her head. And after like five or six times, she, she makes a pair of spring-heeled shoes that she likes. And she puts them on. Well, while I'm putting mine on, <clears throat> I'm going to ask her. Uh, <clears throat> so, Mamie, you say that Zahar Nawal created you. Mm-hmm. In a vat. In a vat, I. So... How long ago was this? Mm. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I've been. In, I go in box. I say no. He put no. you in the box. He put you in the box immediately. Oh, he put me in box when I say no. Oh, I see. First, he put me in a nice room. Give lots of good things to eat, but I don't eat. I don't like it. Well, <clears throat> well, at least he uh, honored your lack of consent. Because <laughs> I didn't think he was the type of guy who would actually be that way. I thought he probably would just make you do the gross thing anyway. Mm, well, him, uh, not normal. Yeah, that's true. He very not normal. Him Please, uh, uh, yes, uh, okay, yes, tell us, what does he look like? I was wondering the whole time, and he, sl- he sleeps among the something or other, he, he, he talks about that quite often. Um, him spongy face, spongy body, wet, gash hole for mouth, tentacle come out from under flab on tummy, and he tried to touch me. With this, with the okay, well. Yes. And I say no, and I make big bang, bang, when I clap hands, and he look at me, like like I monster, and he say, fine, I sell you to King Gasbag. He know how to handle you. Well, it appears that you are uh, very powerful, maybe even more powerful than him, and he was uh, that scared him, so he no sent power. you away. No powerful, just me, me. Well, you made some mighty fine shoes for us. Or boots, I suppose. So why don't we be using these and hop up to the to top of this butte? Yeah, here, here, Mac. The meat is running. Okay, we jump. One, two, three. Okay. Okay. With me now. Okay. One, One two, two, three. 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 And uh, then she jumps, and you guys jump, and you spring up into the sky. But what you find when you get there, we will just have to find out on the next episode of Goonies World. Cue outro music. Mm-hmm.